Michael Show on a sunshiny day. We are in La Crosse, Wisconsin. We are festing, my friends. We are festing. Oktoberfest is underway. You can see the line. You know what the line? I found out what the line is during the break. What the line is down below me? It's for beer tickets. Go figure. <laughs> I should have known better. Come on. I figured it had something to do with a beverage. And sure enough, that's what it is. So for those of you watching on the Bud Light live stream, you can see the line down below. And I'm thinking, what is that line? So I took a picture, uh, by the way, up here on our perch. Uh, if you haven't seen that already, it's over on the Facebook fan page. It's on Twitter. It's on Instagram. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram, the real Bill Michaels. But I'm, I asked when uh, Mark Womet, the president of Oktoberfest, was up here. I'm like, what is that down below? He said, that's beer tickets. Oh, okay. Now I get it. That's that's what it is. The line for beer tickets. How about that? Love it. A um, couple of different things. Uh, by the way, Mike McDaniel, the uh, head coach of the Miami Dolphins, he had just said, Mike Garofalo reporting. He was asked that if he would do anything differently from the time Tua went down with the injury uh, against Buffalo on Sunday to last night to today. He said, quote, I have 100% conviction in our process regarding our players. This is a player-friendly organization. There was no medical indication from all resources that there was anything regarding the head, meaning... They didn't believe he had a concussion. Now, do I hold the Mike McDaniel, the head coach, accountable? To a certain extent. But as many of you pointed out, look, he can only, because when you're the head coach, you're on to the next play. Your guy's off being evaluated. Doctors come over. They say, he's good to go. Okay, great. Put him back in. If he's not good to go, he's, they say, hey, he's got a concussion. He's out. The advisors will let you know what's going on. First and foremost, Ben, does Mike McDaniel look like he's about 18 years old? Like he like he was a nerd that just came out of playing Madden out of the, like a dark <laughs> cave, you know? Yeah, I get that sometimes. Nothing wrong yeah. with it. Man, he looks like he just came out of maybe mom's basement. He's been playing Madden for about 18 straight days, didn't realize what day it was, and he got the job as the uh, head coach of an NFL team. You know, how about that? So, it is what it is. But, yeah, I don't know if you can hear them downstairs. They're doing the uh, the Deo thing. I don't know what Deo has to do with German. Usually it's the ticky, 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 or whatever it is. But, uh, but nevertheless, they've been doing that all morning. Deo! Okay. Uh, anyway, let's get, uh, let's get back to the phone calls. Uh, let's talk to Eric. Eric, welcome to the program. Bill Michael Show. What's going on? How you doing, Bill? I'm good. What you thinking? Um, I hear you're going to be heading on to Viroqua tomorrow or, or Monday. Next week. Next week. We'll be down in Viroqua oh, on Wednesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and into Saturday. Oh, so you're not going to go straight down there. You're going to no. come back. Yeah, I'm coming back uh, t- tomorrow and then uh, into Green Bay on Sunday and then back out to Viroqua on Wednesday. So that's when we'll be there. All right. Well, I got a good question. See, you know, you're at Oktoberfest. They always play the Packers game at Oktoberfest. So a good question of the day would be, what's your favorite Oktoberfest Packers game? Favorite? You know? Oh, yeah. Uh, let me, okay. I uh, appreciate the phone call. What's my favorite Oktoberfest 
Packers game. Holy crap, I'd have to go back and think about these. I don't necessarily associate them with Oktoberfest. So, Ben, we would have to go back through the schedule of years and look at the games that have been played the weekend of Oktoberfest, which is always the first weekend, last weekend of September, first weekend in October, to figure out what the best games would be. I that You have fired off a stumping question to me. Because this is my second time. You know what? My, I'll tell you this right now. The best one? Was the and it wasn't here in Lacrosse. Uh, I took I had t- told Mike Cle- Mike Clemens can, when he comes on we'll talk about this for a minute, but I had told Mike Clemens years and years ago that I said the largest Oktoberfest in North America, the second in the world only to Munich Germany, is in Cincinnati, and he didn't believe me. I said, yeah, they shut down like twenty city blocks and it's five hundred thousand people. It's just crazy. So I took my – the Packers were playing in Cincinnati uh, that weekend, and I took Mike to that Oktoberfest. And that's when they played since they, – they got beat, as a matter of fact. It wasn't my favorite, but they got, they got beat. But the reason it was so fun was because we had so many Packers fans in Cincinnati walking around in green and gold jerseys. We had a blast. We had a we had an absolute blast partying with Packers fans in the Queen City. I mean, it was awesome. And and Mike, uh, I did not realize that Mike was a craft beer drinker, uh, but he had uh, you buy the mug. The mug is like twelve bucks, and then you walk around to all the craft beer places, and you get to fill it up uh, for nothing. So uh, anyway, that uh, that was it. So uh, but we'll, we'll we'll have Mike share a little Oktoberfest memory when we get him back on. This so. is Jet. <laughs> Mike doing his reviews. Give me the uh, give me the dribble. Give me the dribble. Give me a second. It, it, it's deep the, in the ah, archives. Ah, you're killing me, Ben. I thought you had it right there. You're killing me. Mike doing the review on his new hose nozzle. This one's called this. 90th birthday. <laughs> this is what's called 90th birthday. It was just a dribble. Oh my God, that's absolutely awesome! With a whole bunch of new settings. <laughs> oh, good God, Mike is fantastic. So we'll talk with Mike coming up here in just a few. I'm sure he's a. Uh, I'm sure he's listening. Um, <laughs> uh, this one's from Art. Art says uh, my favorite Oktoberfest is the one that I can't remember. Love to see you there tonight. We'll be out around six thirty. All right, I look forward to it. Not to not to the point where I want to forget about today and and be that blottoed, but I look forward to seeing you, man. I, I do. Dale says going to be an Oktoberfest in about an hour. Have one with you when you get off the air. Where are you going to go? When I get off the air, I'm packing it up. I got to run to the hotel, pick Kristen up, and then we're coming back. So we'll be here probably back on the grounds about three thirty, four o'clock, something like that. But. Uh, I'll catch you then. So if you see us running around down there, we'll, you know, we're not hoping to necessarily specifically blend in, but we're just going to kind of hang with everybody else. I'm going to throw my uh, my fedora on. Uh, I don't know how I'd look in a fedora, but I'm going to throw it on anyway. Talking about that earlier today, too. <laughs> Mark says, uh, hey, Bill, the best Oktoberfest is the one where all the beer is flowing, the cheese is soft, and the curds are deep fried. 
Not a lot of imagination there, Mark. That's pretty much any festival at any point in time in the state of Wisconsin. Right? You wait till um, it cools a bit and begins to coagulate. <laughs> uh, complicated fella. How much, he says, of a population in lacrosse uh, comes in nine months from now? <laughs> population increase. After the so, what you're assuming is is that everybody's hammered. There's some uh, there's some uh, vertical and then horizontal activity going on. Bow chicka bow bow, and then you want to know what the population increase is uh, nine months from. That's a good question. Does the population in Lacrosse jump nine months after Oktoberfest? That's that's a great question because I would assume the winter months provide the fall with newbies. Because when you're all snowed in in the wintertime, not that the lacrosse is terrible when it comes to snow, but I'm, I would assume when you're all snowed in the wintertime, there's some there's some indoor activities that you can probably do, right? Oh, by the way, Eric had said, he did call back and he said, the favorite Moss was the Randy Moss moon game. We remember when Randy Moss uh, scored the touchdown at Lambeau Field and uh, did the fake dropping of the pants and rubbing the uh, rubbing uh, our Moss's debut. In Minnesota, he's a, in, oh, Vikings, he's a fan. Vikings fan. I figured okay. the Packers lost gotcha. that one. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Randy Moss is David. Randy Moss, I tell you this, though, for as much as he's hated for the whole mooning incident uh, and uh, wiping the rear end on the, uh, the, the you know, the goalpost, uh, he still was a hell of a player. I don't care what you're saying. He was a hell of a player, just a kind of a nut. Um, this one is uh, real quick, and then, then we're going to move on. Then I'm going to get Mike on. This is from Randy. Randy says, uh, hey, Bill. The best, the best Oktoberfest is always the one with the best music. But are the girls pretty? And if not, drink, drink more. They get better looking as the night goes on. Okay, that's it. I'm done. I'm done with drunken Oktoberfest rants. You people are awesome, though. I love you. <laughs> Bud Light live stream today providing a lot of fun. So is uh, the email inbox and twitter you're all into it it must be festing wherever you're at i'm sure you're festing at this point all right let's do this we're going to step out we're going to take a quick break we're going to uh, come back and we're going to give mike plenty of time because i want to get this in i took mike clemens to the Oktoberfest in cincinnati and mike uh i if i remember correctly the crotch of the samuel adams cardboard cutout was busted out of it i can't remember how that happened but maybe mike does so and that was the eddie lacy game when eddie lacy was coming back i think too I, i could be mistaken but mike is like a treasure trove of knowledge and re- and remembrance uh so we'll talk about that when we come back as well stay tuned we are festing we are in lacrosse look look at that on the Bud Light live stream look at that it, it's packed they're partying the line for beer continues underneath us stay tuned we got more of the bill michael show out here in lacrosse <laughs> coming up after this covering wisconsin sports like a blanket this is the bill michael show on the wisconsin sports zone radio network I've uh, been looking at a lot of film here on the, on the Packers. Uh, you see the film scan the scoreboard, and you see those names up there and the great players and coaches that they've had there, really. Isbell, and Hinkle, Hudson, Lambeau, Lombardi. And you look at the Packers' last couple of years and, you know, number one seed in the NFC. Pro football is a team game. Vince Lombardi's passion for perfection made a small community in the Midwest a synonym for team excellence. In Green Bay, Wisconsin, on December 31st, 1967, 
the temperature was 15 degrees below zero. Lombardi's Packers and the Dallas Cowboys battled each other and the elements that would decide the championship of the National Football League. What the hell's going on out here? Everybody grab it out there. Nobody tackling. Grab it, everybody. Grab, grab, grab. Nobody tackling. Put your in there out there. I saw Mac a little while ago. Definitely getting better. Probably won't practice today. Take that day by day, see how it goes. Do you expect Mac to start on Sunday for you guys? Take it day by day. Is the plan built for Mac to have any kind of procedure to... Day by day, Phil. Day by day. That's the plan. Day by day. Does he have a high ankle sprain? Day by day. What do I look like? A doctor, an orthopedic surgeon? Like, I don't know. Talking to medical experts. I mean, what difference does it make to me? What do you, do you think I'm going to read the MRI? That's not my job. So, it's getting better day by day. Day by day. Oh, okay. Uh, welcome back to the program. It was, God, what now, God, it takes me back to my mom listening to the radio. Who sang Dave? Mike Lemons now joining us on the hotline. Mike, who sang that song? That was a groovy 70s show uh, called Godspell. It was a theater show, a musical gotcha, on Broadway. Gotcha. Right, okay, gotcha. Yeah. I was going to say, I, God, that takes me back. I remember hearing that song on the radio. Yep. Yeah. Right. Holy mackerel. Yeah. There you go. Boy, you, you you blew me away with a '70s tune. So, Mike, how you doing, pal? Pretty good. You know what? Um, Bill Belichick comes out and he starts talking about. You know, I am doing my studies on Green Bay now, and you see all these names like, you know, Cecil Isabel and Clark Kinkle and Don Hudson and everything that Hudson did for the Ford Pass in the game, and you know, Lambeau and Lombardi, and he is also realizing. You know, he's on Mount Rushmore. He's won six Super Bowls. He's lost some Super Bowls as well. But he's understanding, you know, that this might be his last time as a head coach to coach a team inside Lambeau Field. I mean, you know, these guys are getting onto some of their farewell tours. And I think that I think that makes this game really significant because you've got this young, talented Matt LaFleur. And, of course, you know, the judgment on him is, now, can it, will he be able to win after Aaron Rodgers? And right now, Belichick is trying to prove to the world that he can win without Tom Brady, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that was a, it's interesting because that's not even a, an aspect that I never thought of, that if Bill Belichick decides to retire in the next year or two or at the end of this year whenever, this could he, he's on his own little personal maybe-in-his-head farewell tour, isn't he? Hey, sure. You know, I don't think that Belichick needs to win one more Super Bowl without Brady. I'm sure that would be tremendous. But I think he would like to, at least for the Kraft family, to set this organization up and hand it over to the next guy. But, you know, besides losing Brady, you know, his roster has revolved. He's been rebuilding. He tried Cam Newton. That didn't work. Mac Jones could be a seriously good quarterback. I thought he showed a lot of spark last year. Last weekend, though, you know, he throws three picks and then he gets roughed up with the high ankle sprain, and and you know, we know that storyline. But this is really interesting now. You mean, I mean, for Matt Lafleur, Bill, he's got to beat Belichick, you know, because Belichick's not out there with Brady; he's out there with a backup quarterback. And this is Matt Lafleur with Aaron Rodgers, and so Lafleur wants to get into that conversation. Obviously, the big box that 
that Matt has to check off is a Super Bowl win while he's still got Aaron Rodgers. But this is the master head coach. This is the guy that's going to get into your head. This is the guy that beat your buddy, Sean McVay, in the Super Bowl. Sean, when we went to Atlanta, remember we covered that Super Bowl 53, yeah, right? Yep, yep. So Sean McVay had the hottest offense in the NFL with the misdirection and Tory Gurley and you know and all and all that misdirection and Jared Goff at quarterback and they 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 breeze all the way through the season and all the way to the Super Bowl the young head coach there now up against the master up against Tom Brady and you know Gronk and a, and a beat up veteran team and Belichick beat him how because he'd been a man team all year long and he switched and he had great special teams. I told you that was four years ago. I said everyone thought this was a boring Super Bowl because it ended up Patriots winning 13 to three over the Rams, and you know, right. oh, Jared Goff stinks and all. I said no, that was one of the best special teams games ever. They the, you they cut to the commercial, but they kept on showing how the punters were burying each other. So I talked to Rich Bisaccia about this. Bisaccia, who's a guy who said I don't really like talking to the media, yesterday. In Belichick week, he came out with a prepared statement that he read for a minute, put on his bifocals and read it to talk about how much he owes Bill Belichick, that as a young coach he learned under Belichick, how Belichick was a special teams guy in New York who also had Lawrence Taylor, LT, as a gunner <laughs> back in the 80s. Right, That's wow. Did. Yeah. So Bisacci says this is going to be a special teams game against the ultimate special teams coach. Talking about field position, we're playing the ultimate field position coach in, in this week's game. You know, he does everything possible to gain field position throughout the game, and we're really trying to do the same thing. You know, our job on punt is to it's the last play of offense. We got to protect the ball, and then we transition to the first play of defense. We haven't had many shots in the kickoff return game to set the offense, but we've done it from the punt return perspective a little bit. The penalty cost us in the game last week, or else I think we had a really advantageous field position somewhere inside the, the 30. Rich, that's interesting you just said ultimate field position guy because that Super Bowl against the Rams, both scoring against Sean McVay, was it was just crazy how both those teams were burying each other deep in their territory. Do you remember that about that game? Yeah, I, I believe I, I watched the, the game this week. So, um, again, we, we try to watch as much as we can, but um, when, when you have those games that are, you know, played like that, and ours really last week was a little bit like that, you know, we did a good job at times, you know, putting the ball back inside their 15 or inside the 20 to give our defense a chance for them to have to play, you know, long field. And um, when you get in those kind of games, you're, you have to do a good job protecting the punter first, and then after that you have to do a good job of covering. And I think we'll, we'll kind of get into those battles a little bit um, certainly coming this week. You know, Mike, I know uh, Aaron Rodgers addressed it, but uh, the in-game adjustments, the adjustments to what uh, any coach, but more so what Bill Belichick can do, uh, it's going to be, it, it's a little bit, I, I agree with that, that special teams can flip this one. I think more so that the Packers defense can feast in this one, but it's those adjustments. It's how Bill Belichick changes things and morphs into something that can take your strength away and it, it really does before the game gets going, and as the game goes on, it becomes a chess match. Which raises the question right now, Bill, is what is the Green Bay Packers' strength on offense? Is it the running game? You know, the way they performed uh, when they got Aaron Jones and, and A.J. Dillon going against the Bears? Is it Aaron Rodgers with the ball in his hands in a, in a short passing game because he doesn't really have a deep passing game? 
But no, this is Belichick's calling card, is that he takes away what he thinks you do best, and he makes you a mediocre team that's scrambling and trying to figure out, that goes into panic and can't figure out what to do. Like that Super Bowl against a tremendous Rams offense and defense, and you hold them to three points because you'd been a man defense in New England all year, and on the day of the Super Bowl, you switch to a zone. And you tell all your defensive backs, we're going to teach you all this stupid formation misdirection crap from the Rams, and you're going to take that confusion into telling you exactly who's coming out, what routes to expect. And, and Jared Goff stood back there and didn't have an open guy all day long. The one time he did in the back of the end zone, the Patriots ended up being able to, to uh, intercept it in the back of the end zone. And the same thing, uh, you know, in other games where you see uh, Belichick go after, you know, your strength. So we talked to Lafleur about this, you know, how Belichick can completely change what the Patriots' identity is on defense. you got to adjust, yeah, certainly um, well aware of, I'm not going to tell you which games we did and did not watch, but just the history. I told you I, I haven't been a part of teams that have gone against the New England Patriots too many times, but we did in 2016, did in 2018 one year in Washington. So it's just, we know that the challenges that, that exist, uh, I'd say, and you, you better be able to adjust quickly and have some some plays that are good versus whatever they want to come out and try to do to you because he's one of the best at whatever you do well, we know they're going to try to take it away. Can I ask you about Friday practices this time of year? How much of it is still install force and how much of it is just review of what you put in so far? Uh, changes week to week. Really? Oh, yeah, week to week in terms of you're always going to try to give yourself the best opportunity or how you think you best should attack somebody, whether it's offense, offensively, defensively, or on special teams. Um, I think specifically talking offense and defense, today is usually um, the concentration is more on the red zone. So every team has a little bit of a different identity down there. So, um, yeah, you're always trying to draw from your menu and not get too uh, crazy with a bunch of new plays, but hopefully we have a big enough menu, whether it's offensively, defensively, uh, to, you know, give us give our guys a chance to have success down there. There you go. Real quick, that is uh, our buddy Mike Clemens, and uh, he is uh, in Green Bay. We are going to go ahead and take a quick break. Before we do, I want to let you know that if you're looking for a good place to eat downtown Milwaukee, that is the best Italian food you're ever going to put in your mouth. That is uh, San Giorgio and Calderon Club. Calderon Club, the finer dining Italian side, uh, still casual, but finer dining, great food. Then there's the authentic Napolitano Pizzeria, and that is over there. On the opposite side, both of them right next to one another on Old World 3rd Street across the street from our friends over there at the Hyatt. And a fantastic place. Go in and get the Bill Michaels, get the pizzas, get the spaghetti and meatballs. By the way, award-winning meatballs. They pair all that up with Cider Boys, if you like, uh, from uh, our friends at Point Brewing. But really, really good stuff from our friends over there at Calderon Club. Gino and uh, Robin over at San Giorgio's side. They do a great job. They make, make you feel like you're at home. Great Italian restaurant. Really wonderful food. That is downtown Milwaukee on Old World 3rd Street. San Giorgio Calderon Club, and they pair it up with Cider Boy. Stay tuned. We got more of Mike Clemens live out here at Oktoberfest. The Bill Michael Show continues on after this. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. 
Packers the last couple of years, and, you know, number one seed in the NFC. Um, it's a really good football team, well-coached, well-balanced. I think we saw that last week in the Tampa game, you know, defensively and kicking game. Um, you know, solid performance, and, of course, you know, offensively, this is a great, great, great quarterback. Welcome back. We are broadcasting live. We're in Oktoberfest, at Oktoberfest, and in the Oktoberfest grounds. Uh, high atop the chalet, perched above, and you can see over on the Bud Light live stream, the crowd continues to grow. Now, that's just one of three specific areas where there's bands, uh, music, food, and such. And uh, it's the, all of the grounds are like that, not just what's sitting here in front of you on the Bud Light live stream. Those are the words of Bill Belichick as he talks about uh, the respect for the Packers and what they've been able to do in recent history. In the meantime, Bill Belichick, he is a master of uh, looking at your strength, deciphering a plan, in-game adjustments, and now the Packers have to counter. And uh, Mike Clemens joining us uh, on the hotline. So, Mike, uh, there's been a lot of talk, especially after last week's game where the Packers got off to a fast start and then nothing, everything died. We talk about adjustments. Bill Belichick, one of the masters at adjustments. Right, and that's a question for these Green Bay Packers. What are they doing for adjustments? Because here's another example. You and I are covering Super Bowl 51 down in Houston. The Packers had a good year that year. They went 10-6, and six, but they got banged up toward the end of the season. They lost the Speedy Falcons 44-21 to 21 in Atlanta. The Falcons go on to the Super Bowl, and they're up 28-3 to three at the end of the third quarter. So Belichick and Brady say, okay, the Falcons keep running this man defense. Let's go underneath. Let's start with crossing routes. We'll dump off the ball to James White, the former Badger who just recently retired. And then Matt Ryan has that muff. They take advantage of that with, you know, the shotgun pass. By the way, the quarterback coach for the Falcons that year was a young man named Matt LaFleur. Anyway, mm-hmm. the you know, the Patriots end up winning that thing. Uh, just, just a tremendous win, and all because of the adjustments, 34-28. to 28. And you talk to Aaron Rodgers about, you know, Belichick, regardless of who's on his roster, this guy can flip a game in the middle of the game, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, everything could change in, uh, in the game or before the game or halftime, third quarter. Uh, they have a lot of scheme they can get to. They're very well prepared, very well coached, and you've got to be kind of ready for every coverage pressure zero uh, drop eight uh, a lot of different things a lot of respect for coach belichick he's best coach in the history of the game i think i would agree um that i think he is the modern day version of vince lombardi Uh, i don't know if he's overall the best i think bill walsh was incredibly inventive and there's been some other really good coaches but certainly as far as decorated goes uh bill belichick is it and you know, then it's, uh, you know, Mike, I know that, uh, again, going back to there was a lot of talk about adjustments. Aaron Rodgers even alluded to what they do. And he kind of laughs at this whole premise of halftime adjustments, like everybody's getting into this classroom and they're fixing things. It's more like a process, right? It is. For example, on the big pass to Sammy Watkins, you know, we, we learned that, um, that that way in the Bears game, that when they were reviewing whether Justin Fields had crossed the plane in the end zone, LaFleur went to the receivers and the receivers coach and said, all right, next offensive series, what's something that we could, you know, that you guys see? And they came up with that Sammy Watkins play for like uh, 55 yards. They did not make very good adjustments as to what 
they were what was happening to them both offensively and particularly defensively against the Vikings and Justin Jefferson. They did not make very good adjustments last week in Tampa when, you know, their offense came to a standstill in the second half. They scored those 14 points at the first, and then they held on for dear life for the rest of the game. I asked Tom Clements, who they brought back. He left this organization back in 2016. Rodgers asked to bring him back. LeFleur interviewed him in L.A., thought, okay, I see what Rodgers is talking about. This is a pretty sharp old dude. I asked the Tom Clements, how, how can you best help Aaron Rodgers on the sidelines during a game? You have pictures of what the defense is doing. Um, you try to go over the plays. You know, here's what they're doing. What did, what did we do? Because you, you can see something from the sideline, but a lot of times there's communication. He has communication with the line or the receivers that you, you can't necessarily see from the sideline. So you have to say, okay, here's the play. He says... I did this, or we tried to do that, and then look at the defense and say, well, here's this look down the road. If they give the same look, be ready to do this. And he's, you know, he's very good at looking at it, looking at something, recognizing it, putting it away, and then if he sees it again, he can make the adjustment. Mike, I, I think for the Patriots to come close to winning this thing, I, I think it's going to be a lot of pressure on Aaron Rodgers. I don't think they're going to be able to outscore him. I think it's going to be do everything you can to get him off his mark in this game. They'll try and attack that offensive line. Um, Lawrence Guy is a guy that Ted Thompson drafted, but that was around the time that the Packers won the Super Bowl, so they were so deep at defensive line then, they let the kid go. Well, he's been playing for Belichick now for seven, eight years, Seems to be a guy who just fit into their system. I asked one of the defensive coaches about that around here. But, yeah, the, you know, the Patriots' defense now, you know, these days they still got Devin McCourty, the free safety. He's outstanding. Um, they've got uh, guys on the defensive line like Dietrich Wise Jr. out on the left-hand side. He's been getting sacks. And Matthew Judon is getting to be a stud there. He's a weak side linebacker, but, you know, he's like Rashawn Gary, man. He gets to the backfield quickly. And Rodgers was asked about that, and there was this press conference that, that – little trash talking going on this week. Yeah, he's a great player. He's, he's, uh, he's got three sacks, and uh, 91's got four, so they got a good pass rush. Plus, they give you a ton of different looks, you know, with uh, empty pressures and adjustments and delayed blitzes, spying, a lot of different things they can do. You know, we got to be aware of where he's at because he's a, he's a game record. Aaron Rodgers knows who you are. He mentioned you, Dietrich Wise, when he was talking about the Patriots. Is there any part of you that's, like, itching to go after him? He should know who I am. he got to play me, man. So, uh, with the most respect to Aaron Rodgers as I can, I think he watched film and he know who we are and we know who he is. And regardless if Aaron's playing or Jordan's playing, regardless of who behind the center, we're trying to get after him. He knows that. We know that him knowing my name or him not knowing my name ain't gonna really have any effect of me doing my job i'm out there to do a job and uh get whoever got a ball on the ground but you know shouts out to aaron Rodgers for knowing my name i guess there you go that's the outside linebacker of the patriots matthew judon uh and and rogers knows who he is he, he can come after him uh, and that's going to be one of the ways that they're going to try to get him off of his mark in the meantime the receiving core mike uh i don't know uh, Christian Watson, you know, you just wait for him to finally come back and start being a contributor. Romeo Dubs, obviously the leading catcher last week. But the guy that's really kind of come up big was Randall Cobb. Uh, as much as we like Lazard and th- thought that he would be the main guy, that familiarity between Cobb and Rogers seems to still work. Cobby had two catches last week against the Buccaneers. 
one for 17, another one that was for 40 yards, and it was down the left hash mark. And I thought Rodgers threw a spectacular dart to hit Randall Cobb on that. And I talked to Randall about this kind of at length. I said, you know, I thought Aaron Rodgers doesn't throw with the middle. He says, no, we run that play all the time. He said, you know, the difference is, is that what, what Rodgers does is that he could actually hear some of the stuff that the, that the safety and the Buccaneers linebacker were saying. One of the guys on the line was saying, I got the read, I got the read. So then Rodgers says, okay, so that means the safety's going to come up. This thing to Randall's going to be open. And Randall heard it, and Randall darted down the left hash, put his hand up. He had one guy covering him, you know, right on his hip. But Rodgers put that ball right over that dude's shoulder and right into Randall's hands, 40 yards. And it would have been the next touchdown drive if it had not been for, you know, Aaron Jones losing the football on that drive. So I talked to Randall. I said, you know, you were out all last week with this illness, but, gosh, you had a couple of really nice plays where you showed your speed. You know, how did you feel on game day? Uh, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Uh, you know, I was, I was pretty sick. I was pretty sick for a couple of days. You know, I actually tested positive for COVID and, and had symptoms a few days before I actually tested positive. So I was pretty sick. It wasn't like I was just, you know, I was just coughing and stuff. I was I was down. I slept 13 hours one night, um, you know. So I luckily uh, was able to come back on Saturday and was able to play and uh, give everything I had in that, that little bit of time. Um, well, uh, glad he was able to come back. Dobbs, who I'd mentioned, though, big game, named uh, the Rookie of the Week, uh, which is a nice honor, and the fact that he opened a lot of eyes with the ability not only to catch the ball the way Aaron Rodgers likes it, but also to be able to con- to be a contributor right away when they desperately needed him. And, and in the same week, Bill, where you were talking on the show, that I don't know why, I mean, so the Raiders are 0-3, whatever, and you talked about why Devontae Adams was going out there and calling out the Green Bay media and saying, well, they're going to compare this to me being in Green Bay. No one in Green Bay is talking about Devontae Adams, right? No. I yeah. mean, we're all kind of focused on what's in front of us. When are you going to get Christian Watson going and Randall Cobb back on there? And then you've got this rookie, Dobbs, who he caught eight cat passes uh, to lead the team in the win over the Buccaneers. He got his first NFL touchdown. And I... It, it didn't dawn on me till like Monday or Tuesday. Like, wait a minute, when was the last time a rookie in Green Bay, a receiver, <laughs> led a game in receptions? Because receivers in Green Bay, like Jordy and all the other ones before, they always say, you know, you play special teams for like a year, and then we start throwing you the football. And mm-hmm. so the Packers looked it up. 1954, Max McGee is the last rookie to lead in receptions in a game. 1954. So Dobbs, who is a very good, humble kid, who they say, you know, we were talking to the coaches last night, they say he's probably over in the Hudson Center right now working on the jugs machine to work on his hands. He was asked, what did that mean to him to get his first NFL touchdown? It was a great moment to be in, um, you know, with me just being the first in my family to play at this level. It's big for not just myself, but I like to think outside and see, you know, maybe the kids that, uh, that are inspired by me watching, my family watching, friends watching. So, I mean, it's just bigger than just playing football for me. And this is now the first time that the Packers are going to be facing the Patriots without Tom Brady, without all the pomp and circumstance of this team being a a, a top team. This is kind of a, a different look for the Patriots coming into Lambeau Field. Nelson Aguilar is pretty decent, uh, you know, wide receiver. And, the, you know, the, you got to look out for the running backs. Harris, 
Stevenson, those guys can can pound the rock. So we talked to Joe Barry last night and to Adrian Amos about, okay, so Josh McDaniels now, longtime offensive coordinator, he's the head coach out there in Vegas with Devontae. And there's no Tom Brady. So what does the Patriots offense look like these days? Of course, it's not going to be exactly the same. But I think they have they have a system. They have a, a belief in, in the way they do things. And, you know, it was, it was established and built over the years, obviously, with Brady there. So there's going to be subtle differences because that exact person isn't there anymore. And, again, it's a different quarterback, so things are going to be different. But it's still the New England Patriots, and it's still their philosophy, and it's still their mindset, and obviously Coach Belichick's still there. It's just that, that system. That system is that system, and they're going to capitalize on you making mistakes. So um, it's not a team that beats themselves too much. It's somebody that you got to you know, be on your stuff when you're playing. They uh, are going to probably have to beat uh, the Packers if they can with Brian Hoyer. I, don't, I still don't think Mac Jones is going to go, Mike. No, no. He's got a high ankle sprain. It'll be weeks. Brian Hoyer is a guy who, when he was with Cleveland, for a while there he had a run. You thought that maybe Cleveland had found a starter. He's 36 years old. He's been on half dozen teams, including the Chicago Bears, and he was filling in for Jay Cutler in that game. He, ended up broke, he broke his left arm filling in for Jay Cutler back here at Lambeau in October of 2016 against the Packers. Yeah, I mean, anytime you get a chance to play at Lambeau, I think that's a pretty cool experience. It's a historic place, um, a historic organization. Obviously, my first and only time didn't, I didn't get to finish it off the way I'd like um, due to the injury, but um, it's it's a great opportunity. I mean, anytime you get to go in there and play, you know, they're obviously a great team. have gone, you know, deep in the playoffs for how many years, a great quarterback in Aaron. Um, their defense, I mean, you look at all around, very solid, whether it's the D-line, the linebackers, the defensive backs, um, you know, it's it's a, a unique challenge. I mean, I think I heard today they're like 13-2 and two in their last 15 home games. So it's obvious a hostile environment to go into, but it's always a great opportunity to, you know, to see where you're at too. And Brian Hoyer, I mean, then again, coming into this contest, his last 11 starts, he's 0 for Mike. Right, and, you know, 0 for 11, right. And, you know, he, he wants to talk about how committed he is to Belichick and his sayings and his philosophies, you know, he's, he's one with the hoodie. And I was asked about, well, you know, with Mac Jones out of the way, you're getting more reps with the first-team offense, right? You know, so for me, if, if I get to take more practice reps, that obviously is beneficial. Um, you know, and hopefully you take that. You know, Coach Belichick always says uh, practice, what is it? Um, I'm a... Uh, yeah. Practice execution becomes game day reality. I know Julian likes to use that one a lot. So, yeah, I've heard it a million times. So, um, you know, that's that's obviously hope it translates to that. Hopefully he can call the plays and remember the plays rather than the sayings. Let's do this. We're going to take a quick break. We're broadcasting live at Oktoberfest here in Lacrosse. We got more with Mike Clements coming up right after this. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Yeah, I mean, it obviously was difficult. I think everybody envisions playing, you know, their entire career out with one team, especially having played a decade out there. But um, I was actually headed over there to get a workout in because it was a few days before free agency. They called and let me know that it just wasn't in the cards so moving forward wish me the best of luck moving forward and we wrapped up a 10-year career in about 30 second phone call 
of a, an undercover story this week that the official att- announcement that he is now retired from the game, Clay Matthews, uh, as the former Green Bay Packer goes. Mike Clemens joining us on the line. And, uh, you know, that was kind of like, oh, by the way, I'm not playing anymore, so I might as well go ahead and retire, Mike. Yeah, he came out as a spokesperson for some products. He did an interview with People Magazine. I was kind of hoping that maybe we'll do a teleconference or something like that with him. But I, I turned to number 12, and I said, hey, did you hear that Clay Matthews just announced he's going to retire from football? Clay Matthews, Senator Tyson, favorite Clay story. That I can share? Yeah. <laughs> My favorite memories from Clay are off-season Clay. In-season Clay uh, was obviously incredibly talented and focused, but there were a lot of days where, you know, he, he was kind of like a angry bear, and you wake him up and snap on you. But off-season Clay, man, we used to have a workout group with him and his younger brother, Casey, and Dave, and off-season Clay is like, wakes up every single day is the best day of his life, you know, and he non-stop ripping on everybody in the gym, mostly myself and Dave, getting his brother in on it. Um... But, yeah, a lot of love for Clay. I loved having him in the locker room. Um, you know, very good impressionist. This used to give some great impressions of myself and A.J. and Brady Papinga, Kevin Green, R.I.P. But off-season Clay at the, at the old Proactive was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, you kind of figured that question was coming at some point uh, to wax nostalgic about his buddy Clay Matthews, you know? Well, as a matter of fact, Tim Van Vorn from Fox 6 in Milwaukee asked Aaron, do you prepare for these things? You know, because, you know, Bill Huber from Sports Illustrated is there, and Tom Silverstein, Spoon, they call him, from the Journal Sentinel, or Steph, Stephanie Sutton from Channel 12. We're standing around, and we said, does Tom Fanning, the PR guy, does he prep you for these questions? For this session? Yeah. No, Tom gives me a little sheet of paper with some ideas about what questions. I usually peruse them. Tom, I do. But, uh, you know, I know what's out there because Tom doesn't leave me alone on some specific things he really feels like I need to see, which usually gets swiped left and red button pushed. But, uh, but no, I enjoy the, I enjoy the conversation. Um, I've been doing this long enough. I have an idea. You know, you can ask about, you know, Bill and ask about their defense and ask about a couple of specific guys. And if Stephanie's here, you know what questions she's going to ask. <laughs> You know, just you get used to get used to the flow. So you know, Mike's gonna do a 10 second, 50 second lead in on his question. <laughs> you know, Spoon's gonna jump in right at the end. There you go, uh, a 50 second question. Less funny than a 50 guy, second. Real funny right. guy. Funny Real guy. Funny. Less than 50 seconds, but uh, Mike, uh, being here at Oktoberfest brought me back to the memories when you and I went to the one down in Ohio. Oh, yeah. That was a killer loss to the Bengals. A bunch of fumbles. Clay Matthews, as a matter of fact, remember we were talking about it. He had the pulled hamstring, yeah, and they ended up losing to the stinking Andy Dalton Bengals like 38-34. But it was a great trip and a great October. As a matter of fact, I still got the cup, the souvenir cup here in the media <laughs> office up here at Lambeau. That's awesome. Mike, I'll see you at Lambeau on Sunday, pal. Thank you, Bill. Appreciate it. See you Sunday. See ya. That's uh, that's Mike Clemens joining us uh, on the hotline and talking a little Packers football. It has been a blast. Thanks to WKTY out here because they have been fantastic to us. The staff and management, obviously, uh, everybody here, Josh and uh, Matt, who uh, basically run the Oktoberfest grounds and such. And this is a great event. 
here in lacrosse and uh, you can see down below i know we uh, we're short of time but you can see down below real quick uh, all the people that are coming in coming out the people that have gathered it's a great day here at Oktoberfest. So thanks to everybody for taking a listen to us as well. And uh, now I'm packing it up and heading down. We're going to have some fun. We'll see you at the parade tomorrow, and then we'll see you at Lambeau Field on Sunday. Time for us to go. Have a good one. See ya. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.